how can I have spiritual integrity with my sex life, you know? And like, that doesn't have to look like I'm a fucking Puritan. So that's why I mean, I'm curious to ask other people about what their experience is with it, you know? What does their, what does others healing look like? Everybody, this is Rose. And this is Louisa. And you're listening to Sober Sex. I made a promise to myself to stop not listening. What it looks like now is that I make conscious choices around my sexuality. It started with putting down the substances, really, and starting to listen. And the listening to my body has changed. Alex Two-Tone is a powerful truth angel, in addition to being the design director of LA-based streetwear brand Born and Raised, graffiti artist, tattooer, film director, and general creative force. He describes his evolving work to be characterized by, quote, strange realness and a, quote, trashy streak. Whatever it is that ties the multi-hyphens of Two-Tone's glorious aesthetic universe together, it's working. And we are delighted to talk to him today on Sober Sex. <laughs> that was a blast. And this might be the record, like, longest episode of Sober Sex ever. <laughs> oh, my God. But he's, like, one of the smartest, funniest, most interesting, most inspiring people I know. He you can is definitely. Awesome. Sorry. He is awesome. And you can definitely tell he has a podcast because he, like, knows how to talk in an interesting yes. way. Yes. Yes. Man, like, I think... Because we have so much kind of like, I don't know, like sex wokeness or we try to kind of cultivate that as like the brand of the podcast. It was like really refreshing to have somebody who seemed like they were kind of open-minded but didn't necessarily have like all the vernacular. All that stuff in their wheelhouse. Yeah. And it's interesting because I sort of, I sort of came into the podcast as a guest and hosting as a little bit more on that end of like being sort of unaware of some of the language or not being quite as much like that far on the spectrum. And so it's, it was kind of interesting to hear, like, it's okay to be there with it and be constantly evolving too, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think like it, I don't know. I want to create a space with this that we can have people kind of come and feel safe and not like they're stupid or bad or wrong for like needing to ask questions about like, what are my pronouns? Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Male vulnerability, my fave. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Well, we hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Please enjoy Alex Two-Tone. On One of our Summer favorites. Sex. One of our favorites. Favorite. <laughs> saying that. Favorites. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Definitely the case on this one. For me, I, I'm, I'm giving it the, the, the distinction. <laughs> one of our favorites. <laughs> You're not there anymore, right? No. Yeah. I'm in my house now. I'm, we, uh, we shut down the office when COVID hit. The office was on, was on its last leg, and then we shut down the office. And then we're all satellite now. We all work from That's home. That's cool. Yeah, is that cool I'm, or is that like <laughs> stressful? Um, it's 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 good, uh, but I'm also doing my podcast out of here, which is like it's starting to kind of grate a little bit on me because I'm like because our our podcast is also YouTube with a three camera setup. That's really so exhausting. Take, <laughs> yeah, and it takes over my living room. Like my guys set it up, but it's still like. 
you know, it's my house and they just kind of like, you know, they leave shit out. You know, my house is like a set once a week. And then yeah. I'm having guests over in my house, which is like fine, but not ideal. And yeah. um, and then, yeah. yeah, I'm working from the house and I like working from home, but uh, I just I I. I want to I want to move and have a space that's like a like I want a wet room for art so I can kind of like just paint and shit yeah and do things like that and not worry about it but right now I have like a separate bedroom as an office whatever we don't, you guys don't have to hear about my no it's about cool though, my, uh, I I do think that like it's I mean we're gonna get into it so like I started recording but we won't <laughs> include all of that but just as kind of a warm up uh, before we begin what are your pronouns. Ooh. We're that kind of podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know how to answer that because I've never, no one's ever asked me what my pronouns are. And to be <laughs> honest, like I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be completely honest as in all, you know, like I don't, I don't even fully, I understand it on a on a base level because we have to. It's part of like where we're at. But I don't even, I wouldn't even understand what to say beyond like being a man. We love that. No, I think it's actually Whatever that like, means. it's a really, most people just kind of go with, they like go with it and they're like, you do yours first. <laughs> um, so right. basically it's like, however you identify and you can identify as multiple things, one or one might identify as multiple things. So like I'm she, her, hers, but right. it, I could also go like she, he, they don't, like, don't give a fuck <laughs> right. or, <laughs> you know, or um, they, them, theirs, he, him, his, or Fun combo. So, <laughs> or like I'm just like I'm analog penis man. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> in every analog sense, I like that actually one. instead of like <laughs> we would say you, or when we refer to you in third person, we would say how is analog how is analog penis man like, doing? <laughs> I mean, you could be. That's your that's your thing. I, I, you get the like, choice. I, like I'm listen. I'm always I'm I, I make fun of it. I, I talk about. I think I've, I definitely have gone through periods of like making fun of my girlfriend because she comes from that that kind of uh, place, you know, like that. She's yeah. from that age gap, age group too. So, like, I'm older, and where I grew up, um, different time, and a lot of things are, are have, have definitely changed for the better. And uh, I don't know. It's just like it's it's getting. It's getting interesting. I'm not going to say confusing because that makes it seem like I'm like, I can't grasp it because I can. It's just getting very interesting. And, and I, I think, think that, that can be confusing. I don't think that well, that's like a kind of hard to keep up with everything as it's constantly evolving. It's like, it feels like there's always a new kind of way that we're making the space bigger or whatever you want to call it. It's so funny, by the way. I was talking to my boyfriend last night who knows Alex. And I was like, the first question we're going to ask him is what his pronouns are. And he's like, Oh, fuck, how's he going to answer? And he's like, man. that's amazing. That you're gonna- <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I listen, I, yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah, I know Anton for a long time and he kind of comes from the same place I do where it's like, exactly. Here's, here's, here's my thoughts on the whole thing. Right. And I think this is interesting. I think that the politics of, cause this is based around, sexuality right the idea of pronouns am i wrong well like, gender how you, interestingly gender. it's actually like it's and it took me a long time to grasp this that like gender and sexuality and sexual orientation and then like kind of what your x and y chromosomes are doing are actually three different things and they can operate 
separately from one another. <laughs> so like we assume that everybody, like the kind of assumption that we were working with, you know, for a long ass time, at least in the Western world is like, you're a heterosexual kind of cisgendered. So male or female identifying as male or female with like penises and vaginas. And now all of those things are kind of separating. So, and there's a spectrum that we learned from another guest <laughs> that it's like a kind of like a spherical notion that you can identify like on a spectrum in terms of sexuality and gender, which is fascinating. Well, so yeah, it is confusing. <laughs> well, the, okay. So it, it's cause also, you know, okay. With the idea of sexuality, right. Um, it is a, it is a construct. I understand that, right? It is a societal construct, the idea of sexuality, because I think in other times, in other places, and I'm not a scholar, but from what my, my limited, you know, uh, just kind of like listening has done, has, has taught me is that different times, different places, the idea of sexuality, when it wasn't implied uh, on a societal level, there was no concept of, of straight, gay, whatever. It was just kind of like, People just Yolo. did things that, right? Like there was there were entire, yeah, exactly in the Yolo <laughs> days. Um, but um, but like I think that I I don't know. It's I I think about it a lot of times too because people are still solely defined by like as like the pendulum has had to swing from where we were even ten twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. So the pendulum has to swing a certain way to allow for like this whole thing of like a thousand genders, right? And it has to swing really far in that direction. It's probably swinging this way, right? Yeah. And it has to swing that far this way to make room for the reality that anything can be okay. But it has to settle at some point because I think it gets it yeah. goes too far. Where people are yeah. like, I identify as a parakeet toaster. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, you're a <laughs> yeah. person. Like, you know, like you know, and like me saying like I identify as analog penis man is like a joke about how old I am, and then I still identify as a man. But maybe like being a, being a man. You know, I think I'm pretty straight. Uh, I mean, as straight as a straight guy can be without with acknowledging that you're never fully straight. But um, I think that, like, I don't know. I just, this coffee's really kicking in. Is, it, is the it. show over? <laughs> I, feel like the, I feel like the more I say, the more I talk, the more I'm going to, like, I'm going to, you know, fuck something. I'm going to say something. I don't no, know. No. It's just, Not the, at the, all. the cops mean, are going to, they're going to come for, gonna, you for sure. The gender, the gender <laughs> the cops are going to come. Yes, the woke police are going to come. They're going to cancel. Like, they're going to take my my livelihood away. They're going to take my dog, and it's over. And I got to go live in like fucking Nebraska, which could be nice. I mean, I think that like I'm actually really really glad you're bringing all that up because I do think that there is like a perpetual fear of like getting it wrong and being canceled. But also, I think that like a lot of times, like people aren't kind of given the opportunity to ask questions and like to avoid. <laughs> being too annoying we would like to kind of have this as a safe space to fuck it up and like not you know and have nobody come for you or hopefully nobody like be too kind of like talking down to you about like (laughs) what it what it all means because I think like we're all learning and you know and we're all fucking up and like and it's part of the process of hopefully growing towards something that feels better and more inclusive for everybody yeah and you know the thing is I think it's good too because it kind of gives a voice to like I'm kind of on the spectrum. I'm kind of on the end of like, this is all new to me too, in a lot of ways. Um, You know, like even like asking the pronouns, like I was on the podcast and before I came on, I had to Google like, what are my pronouns? You know, like I'm not, but it's weird because like Anton's son, we took him to get a vaccine. They're like, what are your pronouns? The minute he sat down, he's like, he, him. And I'm just like, 
damn, like without missing a beat. They asked they asked him his pronouns at the when they get back when he got vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it is it is moving. I, okay, look, this shit. This is the this is the other side of this, right? Is that yeah? There are people that have a strong reaction to this stuff. Like my reaction is like this is who I am. This is my take on it. I don't have a strong reaction. I'm like, oh fuck, you know. There's people. There's a whole groups of people that are just like up in arms, and those are the people that are being manipulated to like sway. Oh, Sorry, Omar's doing a throat thing. Um, those are the people that are being manipulated. <laughs> those are the people that are being manipulated with these politics, like on the other side. Like they use, they hold up the woke politics in front of like people who lean more right and say, look what they're doing to your kids. All that being said. Yeah. It doesn't matter because this new generation of kids, like I, I was, uh, my girlfriend's nephew, I FaceTime with her and she was out with him. My girlfriend's nephew was there and he's like wearing a dress, right? And he's, I don't know, he's like eight and he's wearing a dress and it wasn't like a thing. It wasn't just like, oh, uh, it wasn't even like anything that anyone acknowledges anything different. When I was a kid, if there was an eight year old boy wearing a dress, I mean, it was just traffic was fucking stopped. Right. But now you have these kids where it's like they're growing up in this era of like choosing pronouns, doing, you know, like it's just interesting because you can't you can't fight what is happening. And it's like and their kids are coming up in this new reality the same way they're coming up like basically in virtual reality. Yeah. Born into social media, born into this idea of like like I think everything has become so specialized to where, you know, you can order like. Uh, the exact grilled cheese jalapeno sandwich you want and have it brought to you in a car and at the same time you can pick your gender and it can be specific to exactly who you are and again I think that it's, at some point too it needs to settle back like I think it's gonna yeah. I think it's gonna go too far I think we need to yeah. settle back to like because it, it, there's a lot of ways in which I'm very traditional you know and yeah. and uh, and I don't ha- and I and I'm and I'm okay with that and like there's a lot of and, but there's also a lot of things I've had to learn from people and be like you know there's ways that I grew up where ways of thinking that I've had to learn are not okay. And, Mm -hmm. and like, that's just kind of like, and I'm a very, where I grew up, I I was like in the middle of a bunch of people where I thought I was very free thinking in how I thought about things. But even going outside of that, I was like, Oh, I thought, I I thought I was like very liberal for, for the place I grew up in and my take on things. But even backing out of that, I'm like, Oh, there's still so much shit I had to learn even in the past few years where I'm like, Oh shit, like my perspective on this is completely fucked. And you know, it's like, and I think, and I think that like people on both sides, the best case scenario would have some sort of um, latitude for, for other people's perspectives to understand that like, if you do grow up and, and uh, you know, you do grow up in a place where like everyone around you is thinking a certain way, it's really hard to get out of that, get out of that thought. And like, you can't be persecuted because you grew up in a place where everyone was, was, you know, saying it's, it's complicated. It's complicated yeah, too, no, because like, sure. then you get into like, then you get into like racism, too. you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's a, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, we're in a very bizarre time where we're in the middle of like, what is it? A culture war? Is that what they call it? Like, it's like, there's just something late capitalism society collapsing. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah. This is all, also, like all of this is going into like a sinkhole too, in my opinion. Like, yes. All of this is also ending up like we're just going down the tr- like all this shit's happening, and it's not going to matter when we're like waiting in line for bread or some shit. You know, like no one's going to give a fuck what your pronoun is when you're like 
eating top ramen for six weeks, you know, like, well, you know I mean, what I mean? I think, On both sides. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's interesting, right? Cause like the same, and, and we're not, this is not a political podcast, but I guess we just made it one. But I think that like, you know, this is the same people who are kind of fighting for like freedom of identity in a lot of ways, in terms of like being able to choose pronouns and kind of like live a life that is a unique expression of their true selves, which like I'm not mad at, are also the kind of politically it appears. And maybe I would, especially living in France where it's like, it's the, the window is already far, far more left, like far left America is like center, right? <laughs> France. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> Kind of. Yeah. I mean, we have healthcare and education. When and... it comes to gender identity, though, are you Well, that's far... that's an interesting part, I, because I do think that, like, that's kind of, like, like, it, and that no. That a little, yeah, no, in a lot sort of, of ways. feel like it's more traditional in terms of gender identity than, but I this mean, I'm is also it. in Los Angeles, not Nebraska, you know. But... It's like the, this kind of American um, mentality around individualism, which would, one would believe include kind of gender identity and expression is actually kind of against the like kind of more leftist socialist communist politics that are not necessarily about everybody being a special star, you know, that's kind of about like, we're doing this for the community. It's not about the individual. And that's, <laughs> I don't know. That's like the first time I'm kind of noticing that. And it's a, it's a weird um, like dichotomy. Yeah. It's well, weird. That it's kinda... is... Oh, go ahead, Alex. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're spiraling out into like some, <laughs> We're getting into like, you know, because it makes me think of too the idea of social media has everyone believing that they're an individual, right? And we're all we're all like everyone now is a star. Like Andy Warhol is right times a million. Like everyone's a fucking everyone is now a superstar, lead lead actor. What is it, lead actor syndrome, whatever the fuck. Everyone is that constant. You get up and you're in it, and you're like, I'm going to perform today. And we think that's individuality, but it's actually not. And it's like we're all kind of pandering to the same kind of like bizarre, this like hive mind thing. Right. And we're all kind of plugged into it. And in that, in that pursuit of in individuality, we are losing the idea of like, you know, like communism, I don't think works either. I don't think any of it really works. Like I don't think, I think everything eventually collapses, but I think in the idea of pursuing individuality, we are forgetting to, to like take care of, you know, like, the best thing that could ever happen was like a community taking care of itself. Like the community that the three of us are involved in, right? We're in this group and we're in this microcosm of people. And on a very small, small level, we see this thing happen where people actually kind of like, when it works well, we prop each other up. It is anarchic in a way, but it's also not. And we, and we're, we're fostering each other to do things in a very communal way. And it doesn't really exist so much anymore. You see like the fake version of it, mm -hmm. you know, there's like a hashtag version or like post blah, 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 blah. But like, I don't know. Um, I made my coffee really too strong. I'm sorry. Oh, it's I'm cool. Not, oh, you're the best. I'm, I'm, we're I'm, about I'm, it. I'm like, my eyes are, my eyes are jittery. <laughs> like, I'm like, he is right a powerful now. truth angel. <laughs> I love everything you're saying though. It's awesome. Cause I hadn't really thought about like how this sort of like desire for everyone to be a star individualism, it's all sort of trending in the direction of it getting like a really narrow sort of idea of all being very much the same in the pursuit of individualism. And it's like, it's weird. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's how it feels. And I think it's kind of something else you were saying. It's like, I think part of the problem, it, you know, right now the pendulum swings so far this way and what it's swinging towards is like, everything is available to everyone all the time. And like, should it yeah. be that way? Should we be able to get a 
you know, a grilled cheese sandwich with Tabasco and banana in it at three in the morning? <laughs> and should we also be able to call ourselves he, him, unicorn? I don't know. Like how far, you know, like, I don't know about the should, but I just mean like, it it's feels like, like yes, everything yes, is available should. all the time and it's overwhelming, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, yes, we should have that freedom, but also no, we shouldn't. Right. Because yeah. at the same time too, is that all these people are, are like, we're all, we're all put on social media now and we we're all in this, like, we're all in this kind of uh, technological surge of, of like this new reality for humans. Right. And it's like an all an experiment. No one knows what's going to happen. But the crazy thing is that a couple of things happen pretty quickly in that one thing that happens is people start manipulating other people. People start descending into groups with pitchforks. Right. And then you have, the, you have everything split and like people quickly figured out is like, Oh, now we can manipulate everyone at once by just playing like the same old bullshit carnival barker notes, like, you know, holding something up and saying, this is going to kill you, you know, or these people are coming to get you, you know, or like, or these people, Let's you know, they're going to make your, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. they're going to, you know, these people are going to like take away your freedoms and, 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 you know, like one day they're going to take away your freedoms. Just like, they're going to make your son gay, you know, and like everyone gets all galvanized and gets all riled up. And it's like, we're still, we're still back to fucking square one, like medieval, you know, bullshit, yeah. like tribalism, whatever. And, um, so true. it's all, you know, it, yeah, it, it, it's, but I'm also in, a, in it, you know, it's, I have to be in it. I mean, I don't have to, but it's part of my business. And, uh, and you know, I don't, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause we just don't know what's, where's all, where's all this leading to. I don't think it's necessarily going to lead towards anything good right away. I think there will have to be a burn and there'll have to be some sort of something will have to melt down in a major, I mean, it already has, we've already yeah, like seen it, is. it. Like, it's happening. Destroy, it's happening. Yeah. Like we've destroyed election processes. We've like swayed, you know, like the Kardashians own like, you know, 70% of the internet or something are, are swaying, like how the <laughs> so world thinks, you know, the entire world's wearing yoga pants and looks like the fucking lion King makeup. Like, you know, it's just, <laughs> just going bad. <laughs> what happened? That's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, but like to to kind of to that point though, I think it's a it's a really solid one. This idea of like, okay, so like, how do we kind of have like a healthy individualism where people get their needs met and get to have like full like yeah. freedom of self expression, and that we can honor and serve a community, you know? Because it's yeah. like, <laughs> as we're seeing, like, didn't they just release? all of like the information like Facebook knew that Instagram was like going to mentally like destroy a generation of people that like uh, that we, we're seeing the repercussions, you know, and the idea that like, in, that, that there is a, a high cost for being able to like order something on Amazon and get it delivered that afternoon, you know, just in terms of like the, the convenience is a killer, you know, cause then I start to think I can't live without it, which is also really scary. And I do think the two are linked you know, that like, how can we honor our, our personal needs and desires and also be like, actually, I'm willing to forsake them because mm -hmm. like, I'm more interested in, in like how we grow better together. Yeah. But <laughs> um, yeah, it, but also it's like, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a communist either. I'm a capitalist. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm make, I'm like trying to make money and trying to do things. And like, I have a goal that it's not, my goal isn't to make money. My goal is to make money to do other projects artistically, but I'm still in the throes of like having, you know, you get like, cause I think about people that have a lot of money. Right. 
And I think about like, how do you have, how do you have this much money and not help or do something different with it? And even just on a, even on a small level of like multimillionaires who have, you know, a couple different houses and all the luxury cars, it's like, we have all this stuff. And how do you just not divert a little bit to something? And then on the, on the huge level, the guys that have, you know, the, the Elon Musk and the Bezos of the world can basically like fix, they can fix a few things pretty easily without, without even having a change in their lifestyle. No, just like paying taxes. (laughs) Like, yeah. Or they could just be like, I'm going to take, I'm going to fix the infrastructure of, for, you know, of, of four states, or I'm going to fix, I'm going to give this much money to, to this country. Like they could literally change the course of entire places with like, without even, without even, without even blinking or even changing anything in their lives or come, nothing with, you know, just some pure profit. And, but I also understand too, that when you start making that kind of money, uh, you become, you become, I think you become trapped because your art is now is now money, right? Your art is just now like how much money you made on stuff. It's not it's not the product, it's the money itself. It's like and and then I think they get trapped by it, and it's like you can't see past. Like they're like I'm not giving up my you know my my twenty second home, you know like <laughs> like I got have fourteen. But I need it. I have, <laughs> yeah, I need that. Well, I need that. I need my baby island. You know, it is crazy that based on how ego driven those guys are, that they don't actually want to do it just for the sake of saying, like, I single handedly saved Kansas, Kuwait and, you know, whatever. Another place. You know, (laughs) Um, that would seem appealing for someone as ego driven as a couple of those people you mentioned. I don't know. But, um, you know, I do agree with you. It seems like how is that not part of their thought process and the way that they're showing up? It's crazy. But yeah, but I also, but you also got to think too. Is that we don't know we don't know what it's like to be yeah. at that point, and having that much money and power it warps and changes your perspective. And I don't know if there is any way to stay rooted into reality because your reality shifts, and you're that rich, and you can literally do anything. It's like, well, maybe things become very abstract, you know, and maybe you're just yeah. like, well, fuck it. You're just like a nihilist or something. I don't know. No, Uh, I mean, totally possible. Right. So I'm gonna like reroute. Reinos it. (laughs) That like Alex, I think you're in a phase of of headspace where like calm down. Yeah. You're no, no. Like it's what Lily and I like to do when we drink cold brew together and just like look at our phones and like talk at each other called liquid psychopath. (laughs) We love to see it. (laughs) So. the second question is, thank you so much for being available for this conversation today. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, I thought that it was early for you because you tried to move it back. And then I realized after listening to Powerful Truth Angels, your wonderful podcast, that it was probably because you were at the gym. Um, so what does your daily rhythm look like? Because you're clearly a busy man, person. Uh, yeah, what is it? I, <laughs> analog I, penis man. <laughs> analog, I, that can't stick. That was just... Um, I, uh, my daily routine, it looks like is, is this, I'm up, I'm up at seven, best case, six thirty, six six thirty. um, when I'm really like really efficient, but let's say like six forty five, seven. I'm up at seven, I meditate for 20 minutes and then I rush off to the gym by eight, uh, usually. And, and then I, I go, I go to the gym and I do jujitsu uh, which I've just really has really, I really love doing. 
Um, it's really amazing. And I do that. And then, and then after jujitsu, uh, I might do a little like workout also like some sort of weights or something. And then from there, but while that, when I, when I'm even, when I'm done with jujitsu, then I'm have my phone, I'm on weights and I'm like doing, I'm working while I'm working out. I'm talking to people. I'm like answering phone calls and, uh, and then I get home and it's kind of like, depending on the day, um, I'm, I mean, I'm always busy. I'm always behind like in 10 things. Like there's always 10 things that I need to do. And, um, and my day to day is born and raised, which is like, especially in November, a monster. Uh, this, the fourth quarter for born and raised is traditionally the most hectic. There's so many things going on. One of them being Sadie Hawkins. And I'm doing, I'm dealing with born and raised business, which is like, you know, uh, meetings, phone calls, designs, collateral, um, just negotiating things. Like it's a lot of time on the phone now. You know, there's a lot of a lot of phone calls, which is annoying to me. And I tell them, I go, listen, just keep me off of as many of these calls as possible because <laughs> I'm also designing for born and raised, and I'm also shooting collateral. So I'm dealing with that. And then I have the podcast, which I'm trying to get my. I have the podcast, and it's uh, produced by one guy, and I have another guy who I brought on. He's like my assistant now. I just, this is very recent, but he also is working on the podcast too, because everything is just kind of like, it's just, there's just things happening so much and so fast that people just jump on grenades and put, you know, so he's, he did the podcast because the producer had to go out of town. So he'll jump on the podcast here and there. So I do that. And I'm trying to make that seamless to where I walk in, I sit down and I talk and I go back to work. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how that goes. And then I have, I'll do some, like, I'll do some consulting work, you know, uh, on the side, um, and then also I have, um, I shoot commercials. Uh, I, I have like a, I, I have a, uh, I'm at a production company that, um, you know, they'll get me a job and I'll, I'll shoot a commercial. Um, I'll pitch on a commercial and shoot a commercial when that comes up. And, um, all of this stuff is, you know, I am very busy. I'm very maxed out. There's often times when I'm working seven days a week. Uh, and there's often times when I'm working, like I'm at home on a Sunday watching succession or some shit and I have the laptop open and I'm just like working, you know? Um, and I had a thought this morning too, where I was like, whoa, what, what am I doing? <laughs> like what, like I have an idea that I want to, like I have these goals and I know that these goals are never going to make me happy, but I have to have goals. I have to have places to go. And I, when I was younger, I used to think that, oh, if I get to, if I get to point C, I'm fulfilled and happy and complete as a person. I now know that when I get to that point, whatever that goal is, I'll be happy for about, you know, four days and max. then I will have to, <laughs> yeah, hours. max, like maximum happiness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's be real. Like six hours and 27 minutes and then it's on <laughs> to the next, right? Because I know that that, that happiness or that kind of, uh, maintenance is really comes from the the oh yeah and also it also on top of that i have psychotherapy which i need that happens once a week and i have i go to my uh my alcoholics anonymous meetings i'm exposing myself um no longer anonymous and i deal with people my 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 community in that program which is like guys i work with talk to them um interact with those people and then also within that whole structure there's i have a girlfriend and I have a little bit of social life um, a little dog. which used to revolve. 
have a little dog. She's constant through all of it. Um, <laughs> she's your and, PA. Uh, yeah, she's, she's always here. She's <laughs> hanging on by a thread. And yeah, that's kind of it. And it's just like spinning and going and, and, and um, you know, and, I, and I, the thing about the gym and the meditation and the meetings and the psychotherapy and all that shit is that if I don't do that stuff, the other stuff will suffer. So there's a lot of times I feel guilty where I'm like scheduling around the gym and saying like, okay, well, can we do this at 11? But then I think, well, if I don't get that in, I'm not, I, I'm, if I don't get it in, I don't, I'm not as efficient and I'm not using my time as well. My brain isn't working as well. It's like the more I do, the better I do things. The less or I even, do, the worse I do things. Well, or even as an argument, like away from efficiency, it's like, I know, cause I have a very similar, like. 15 plates in the air like running between them and then feeling grumpy if I don't have like the gym and stuff is like a non like it's non-negotiable but then even just yeah. the time to like fuck around like even yeah. just the time to like goof off you know is also important because it's like it, yes the efficiency will suffer but the actual enjoyment of any of it becomes like null and void like then it does seem like a fucking annoying burden to do anything i love <laughs> yeah well i have to force myself also right like i have to make sure this is something also i've learned is that i make sure that i go okay um there's a there's an event coming up like this i just recently went to like two weddings you know within the span of like whatever six weeks and i commit to these things beforehand because i know that, that there's never going to be an opportune time for me to do anything so if I commit to shit months before, then that time comes to go, okay, I got to go. And if I take my computer with me, I do. If I don't, I don't. So, and I'll commit and I'll do that on a micro level where it's like, okay, because if I don't check myself, I will literally enclose myself in a bubble of work and not interact with anyone outside of work. So I got to make sure that I have, okay, I'm going to take my girlfriend out to this thing. Um, you know, I'm going to hang out with these guys. I used to play a lot of poker and hang out with my friends playing poker, but I stopped doing that because it just wasn't like working for me. And that was a big social outlet. So now it's like, you know, now like I have to combine stuff too. Like a, a big part of my social life kind of happens to be at the gym now, unfortunately. Like not unfortunately, but I didn't cool. plan that. But <laughs> yeah, like I'm friends with everyone at the gym. So I love those guys. They're great. But I just didn't see myself as that guy, as a guy that's like hanging out at the gym. But I'm at a gym that's small. And this gym I'm at is like this tiny little box of like, I know everybody there. I've never used my card to get in. And it's like, you're just walking into like a clubhouse and it's like, I, there's not one person. If there's someone I don't know, I know, I notice them, but I, it's like, you know, there's like 18 people in there maybe. So that's a really nice place for me. And I'm like, I find refuge in those kind of places and I get really attached to that shit. And I'm really attached to, um, routines and, and places that I'm familiar with, which is like double-edged sword. But, um, <laughs> I feel like secretly we've like I we don't know each other that well, but I've known you for a long time. <laughs> it feels like yeah. we're like secretly the same person. I'm discovering today. Yeah, you know I, what? I see that. I see that in the routine, and it's weird. You know what? I did CrossFit for a long time, and for for whatever it's worth, like with Cro I know how cringy CrossFit is, but man, like I that community, like you're talking about that. I I thrive with that kind of community built in. But wait, Alex, I had a quick question for you, which is like. In all of that, like I know for me, I find it hard if my day is super structured, if like to find time for creativity, like it's hard to be like, oh, here's a 30 minute window. I have to be creative. Let me like push out the output. Like, do you have, a, you're talking about like getting a wet room and stuff. Like, do you have a hard time finding a space to like do your 
creative stuff within all that? Um, yeah, I think uh, there's just, it depends. It can be hard, but there's sometimes it's like, like there are projects that I've been working on that I, I have to push deadlines. Yeah. Like there's shit that, there's stuff that I'm overseeing design, like on a, on a, on a, you know, directing level. Like I have my art department. I'm like, okay, move this here, do this. Mm -hmm. And so that, that stuff has to have this much attention. But then there's other stuff where like, okay, I'm taking this piece in house and in house mean me, and I'm going to take it <laughs> and do it hundred percent my myself. House. Right. Yeah. My house. Yeah. And, uh, and then I'll sit and I'll tweak out on shit because the way I am, you know, like I'll, I'll make stuff late because I'm, I need that. Like I can't, it just doesn't come. And I have to design things sometimes five times and spend like, I'll spend, I, I've spent, I just did a thing where I spent literally 12 hours designing one thing, like on a plane. And, I, and then I realized that it sucked. And then I had to pivot from that and go, I have to go another direction. That's just kind of the process for, for designing for me. That's why I don't want to design anymore. It's too crazy. It's so time intensive for me. Like I, there's other things that I can spend that time doing. And then, you know, like I'm working on a, I'm working on a project that I'm writing. I have a writing partner, right? And whenever I can see him, I see him. And the way that works is he's building it with me. And he's, he's, he's kind of, he's building the chunks of clay and I'm coming in and whittling in the details, right? So like I have to build, I have to build machinery for me to, to step in on and like, and like get creative with at the right time, because I don't have the, I just simply don't have the time to like, I, like you understand the value of time that I had, like when people, when, when people are older and you talk about your time when you're young and all this free time, like you don't, you don't pay attention to it. But now I get it. Like when I was younger, I had all this time to do shit and I didn't do nothing with it. I just was like, fuck around. And now that I'm older, I don't have any time. And I wish I could luxuriate in like, you know, in, in the time it would take, like sitting around when I was younger trying to write, I had all day to write. Like I had all fucking day to just think about it, walk around and shot. Like somehow I just had all this time and I would write whenever I felt like it for a couple hours. Now it's like, I have to budget everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have to meet, I got to meet my guy at 1130 and we're going to write from 1130 to like two, you know, and, and we're lucky if we can get that nailed down. Cause a lot of times I have to cancel. So again, it makes me wonder what am I doing? What am I, what, what is the, what's the end goal here? Am I doing too many things? Mm. Which is, I might, I think I might be, I think I might, I might need to adjust because, um, I don't know. I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time saying no and not starting new things. And I also have a hard time not finishing things. Like I'm so stubborn that I'll okay. see, I'll see something to its Get completion. Through. Yes. I'm like, I will grit my teeth and hang in there until my fucking skin falls off to get something done. And I refuse to quit. So like, that's, Again, you know, it's, you know, I don't know, maybe I need to be more malleable and flexible because I, it's like, it's not always a good thing. It is when it pays off, but sometimes it's painful, you know? Yeah. From the outside, it doesn't appear your like output is suffering at all, but I know it could be, you know, a lot more going on behind the scenes, but it's just from, you know, I'm super impressed with everything you do and, and I'm sitting here sort of admiring the way that you, you structure your day. Cause I, 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 I find that I'm in the, you know, probably younger generation a bit where I have too much time at this point and I don't do, I don't know. I really like related to what you were saying. Yeah. I thank you for saying that. And I think it's like, but I, you know, but then like there are times when I'm showing up 
places, like I'll show up to a meeting and I'm like, I'm so stressed out that I don't even relax until the last 10 minutes. Like the right. first 40 minutes is me being like, ah, ah, and like, being thing. Pissed, like why just, am I here? Yeah. <laughs> just like, Oh, like my, the back of my neck hurts. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone. And I, I slowly decompress. And then by the end, I'm like, Oh, what if, why am I being that way? Um, and I, and I, and I also like, I literally was going to, was going to hit up a friend of ours and be like, how do you, cause I, there's a mutual friend of ours that like, is just like in the creative world and he's always happy and smiling. And I wanted, I was like, I'm going to call him and say like, what are you doing? How are you doing it differently? Why am I working so hard? Why, mm. why are you so happy? How can I be happier and less stressed? Because I don't know. I think part of it is being involved in the, when you're involved in a company, especially a company like born and raised that is like, it's, it's on, it's like, it's on the, it's, it's ascending right now, but it's still small and scrappy. Like there's so many little parts and there's so much going on. Yeah. 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 Or I have to even delegate. And it's like, it's not just like, you know, people see the tip of the iceberg. Right. And you see like this, you see the end result on social media of like a picture and the guy and the, and the quote, you know, that's what you see. But underneath it all is just like, endless just work and meetings and, and arguments and blah 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 and like and, and it's the stress you know um but it's interesting that you mentioned that like the time budgeting thing because i've definitely been struggling with it even today was a fucking struggle with it and like i got almost got the time of this interview wrong because we had daylight savings time and i just didn't like pay attention to it and therefore didn't get my fucking second meditation in but you know all that shit but like but it's um from another podcast actually heard this idea of like before making decisions because now like again having had a spiritual experience um being able to like trust embodied intuition and so before making decisions and taking on new projects because i too kind of default to yes actually checking in with the body and being like is this a good idea is there bandwidth for it and like do i actually want to do it because now, like, when everything is, when you have a ton of time, if it's not a fuck no, it's a yes. But if you don't have a lot of time and you don't have a lot of energy, then if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no, you know? Yeah. And so, like, mm-hmm. learning, and this is, like, this And that's is what hard. checking in, that's well, what checking the, in looks like? If it's not a fuck ch- yes, it's a no? I, I mean, for a while it was that kind of, like, black and white. And right now I'm trying to, because, like, I found that I could get into my head a little bit with that and being like, well, these are the potential benefits. And what if it turns out this way and I don't want to miss out. So now it's like listening to my body. And if I have any kind of like bracing reaction or any kind of like, eh, then it's probably a no. And it, it's unless fear, it, right? It's, it's fear. And also like, you know, you've fucking worked hard for a long time. And so at a certain point, like, you know what that feels like to get into situations where it's like annoying, suffering, like, it's just difficult. Everything is fucking difficult. You start to resent the people that you're working with because no one's doing their job right. Like, the fucking actor running the show shit, you know? So that idea of, like, I yeah. don't want to put myself in those positions anymore, so how do I get better at advocating for my actual needs with the energy I actually have as opposed to, like, the person I wish I was with this, like, unlimited amount of time and energy and being like, you know what? That sounds awesome, but I don't have the bandwidth right now, so I'm passing on everything. <laughs> thank right. you for asking me <laughs> yeah it's yeah I mean I think about it too it's like I you know like I, my, my initial response to, to why I'm doing all this stuff is hey it's all one thing is all it's all very interesting to me right like it's all I'm, I'm excited to do a lot of it 
sure. Like if the podcasting is a labor of love, I'm not making like money. The money goes right back in to pay it. And I'm like, maybe one day I like the idea of having the, have owning the IP to it. And I like interacting with people and talking to people. That's fun. Um, and I think there's something there that like can be, there's something interesting there that I don't know what it is yet, but I also had, you know, there was a period of time where I became broke and, you know, and I experienced like not having money for a minute. And I hadn't experienced that, you know, for my first, as soon as I started working, I started making money. And then there's a period of time and I thought that's how it would always be. There's a period of time where I was, I didn't have any money. I, I, you know, I had like a bit of a slip up and I was like a bit of a mess and things got really dark and I didn't have any money. And I was like, oh shit, I can't do that. I can't be there again. I cannot be broke again. Just be just on a basic level of like, not, I'm not saying I can't be broke. Like I got to have things. I'm saying like, I can't be broke. Like I can't not have access to like things that I need, right. To things that give me peace. I mean, I remember even just like, I had to, I had to, I had to pretend I was a Pacific Islander to get healthcare down the street at this place. I just remember it. <laughs> like it was the only place when I was, when I was out, I was kind of spun out and I was like, the only place around was like a Pacific Islander hospital. And That's there was the only place to get in because having this respiratory thing. And I just was like, I'm just checking this box and I'm going to go for it. And like, sorry, if you're going to cancel me for that. Did it work? You know, the man yeah, needed no, help. No, no one <laughs> I mean, questions anything. He needed health care. Come on. I needed health care. Yeah, the only man. way I can get health care. <laughs> right. That's crazy. You're lucky you're like, you have uh, an ambiguous, <laughs> you have an ambiguous like racial. Yeah, I'm very ambiguous. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah I, could be, I could basically be undercover as anybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's, uh, but the, the interesting thing about all this work though, is that, you know, you see people, you see people who work like a third that you do and make have way more of a of a benefit profit wise from it, right? They make way more money quicker, and I'll see that and I'm like, that's really, you know, I'm not like burning up over it, but I'm like, fuck, this person just like is lapping us and doing something really simply in a smarter way. But I also think that at the end of all this hard work, there will be these things that happen where someone goes. Hey, do you want to do this one little thing for me, and I'll and 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 I'll give you this much for it? And you're like, oh shit, because you're like, let's say you're working really hard to like build this fucking house for ten years, and you're building this house, and you're working hard, and you're working hard trying to build it, and you have not quite finished a house and sold it, but then someone comes along and goes, hey, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you like you know a million dollars to to tell me how you built this house or like, mm -hmm. or from your wisdom about this house or to brand something about house building. And then you're like, Oh, I made, I did make something out of this, but just tangentially. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I'm sure you might experience that too, Louisa. Like, you know, you're making music and you're doing all these things and you're like, I'm busting my fucking ass. I'm grinding. But then someone, and if your goal was to make money on it in a real way, some boy, someone might be like, Hey, um, you've been working so hard. It's one thing. Why don't we take this piece and like license it and then we can give you some money and you're like, oh, maybe that's what the fucking work is for. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think I it all it, it all comes out in the wash. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it kind of returns to your earlier point about like, how can I actually enjoy this as a process? Because if I know that like the actual like box ticking is not going to give me that much pleasure that I must find a way to like have pleasure as part of the process, 
even if it stresses me out, (laughs) like even if it kind of makes me miserable, like, like you said, like I'm stressed out, I get like six hours of fun (laughs) every time we get something done and then it's on to the next. But then like the reality is, is that you're also, you said you're excited about everything that you're doing, that like you're interested in all the projects that you're working on. And like, that's the thing, right? That it's like, it's like a inspiration battery, you know, that like, ultimate like the, the thing that I'm learning from doing this like live project is that because we work so hard on it I, I don't and because of the fucking year and a half of COVID that it was like kept getting canceled that like I don't have the luxury of not having a great time <laughs> like all that's right. all we have and it's like the most beautiful lesson I could possibly imagine you know so I'm trying to like do that with other shit like while I'm like riding the bike to the horses frantically like listening to a podcast so I can like not have a panic attack in traffic <laughs> I'm also like, right. wow, the trees, they're golden with the sun. It's so beautiful. <laughs> you know, like how can, yeah, how to I, like bring it back, you know? That's hectic yes. though, right? I mean, I'm doing that shit all the time. I'm like, I'm, I'm driving from one place on a call, talking to someone about another thing to get to another thing. Like, and you know, I used to just walk around uh, with the, with the point and shoot and take pictures of weird shit. And I'm like, I wish I could get back to that. I wish I had the time to just walk around for six hours and take pictures of like just take pictures of people, right? Like honestly, I'm not being like some wistful like I'm dead serious. Like I wish that yeah. I could like do that. Or I used to like even further back in my life, I used to sit down on a bench when I was a kid in my you know late teens, early twenties, and I would sit there and just look at people for six, seven hours. Just look at people. I would just stare. And my friends would be like, get, we got to get the fuck out of here. And they'd pull me away and we'd go do something else. But I was like, do you guys want to go, you know, go to, the, I go to the beach? Yeah, you want to go look? And i just sit there and just like stare at people. And, um, you know, that's the value of time when you have it, right? You can yeah. use it for shit like that. Not to say like, look, I, I do also make, you know, I make time to like, I'll have a nap. Um, and there's times when I'm just like, my brain just doesn't work for a minute. And I just have to sit here and just like veg. Like it just stops. Like the machinery yeah. stops and I'm like, I'm done, you know. Um, so it's like it's not – I'm not I'm not always efficient, you know. I'd like to be, but I'm just not. So maybe it's not like efficient but effective, you know, like that. Maybe that's it. <laughs> like I think yeah. – like someone told me that David Lynch like will stop the sets entirely so he can med- he can have his second meditation of the day that I missed <laughs> because like yeah. – and the entire set will fucking stop. And like that's I think – if you can have that's so fucking hard. That is so hard. <laughs> like we're fucking meditating. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine <laughs> you stop you stop your you stop a you stop a DJ set to like meditate for twenty minutes. You're like, okay. <laughs> Everyone shut the fuck up. Everyone sit the fuck down. <laughs> we're meditating. Yeah. But um but this idea of like maybe that's actually the thing that like the work is going to afford ultimately is like is right. the time to fuck off. Which sounds great. Like, I'm not sure if it ever. That's the plan. That's <laughs> yeah. the plan. That's my ultimate plan. Like my ultimate plan is like, yes, I would like to be somewhere in the woods for extended periods of time. Like no, like that's pretty much it. Like if I can figure that out, it, oh, like the end end goal is to just be in the middle of the woods somewhere, right? Yeah. With Wi-Fi and all that shit, of course. But I still, feel that. <laughs> but not having to take meetings. You're like, sorry, I'm in the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the lifestyle I'm moving yeah. towards. <laughs> Well, like so let me get that, us yeah. to a to a quick to another question, kind of based on something that you mentioned, um, <clears throat> which is about Sadie Hawkins. So that's one of the hallmark yes. events of born and raised, and that's a very feminist kind of stance for a streetwear brand to take. This idea of a Sadie Hawkins. So how did that come about? Can you tell us about the origins of it? I mean, yeah, I I'll be. Real, I'm just gonna be honest. 
it wasn't it wasn't about feminism it was about this maybe this is about feminism but i remember it was like the second the first or second year of born and raised and might have been the i think we'd only had one party and i was sitting in there with my partner and a friend of friend of ours and we're talking about what to do and i go i was like we should do a sadie hawkins dance and and i was like because here's why uh women in la um have outfits that they don't ever get to wear, especially in Los Angeles. And I think that if we do a formal dance, everyone's going to be able to wear their clothes. And the real, and the real thing about a party, um, is women for, for the, for, for the kind of party that we were throwing. Right. And if the women come, then everyone else comes. (laughs) Um, and, and that was kind of like my thing. I'm like, well, let's, let's make it about women and let's do this whole kind of like throwback to the Sadie Hawkins cute high school prom vibe, warm and warm and fuzzy holiday feeling. And that was kind of the impetus for it. And like when we first started doing it, uh, I would I would like stop the dance and make the whole crowd split in half on the mic. And I'd say, OK, women on one side, men on the other, you know, and um, and of course, whichever side you identify with is whichever side you go to maybe we need to do like 16 different sides now. I don't know. Yes. But, uh, it's a rhombus. Even back don't worry then, about it. It's a rhombus. Yeah. It's a trapezoid. Let's form a trapezoid. Um, so yeah, you know, and it's with the room. Like, okay, now women ask them in the dance, you know, and even like, even thinking about how much it's changed because we've been doing it for six, seven years, things have changed so much from when we started doing it to where now I don't even know how to, I wouldn't even know how to do that and address it because they're, because you can't, I don't think I can get on the mic and say men and women split the room because it's like, I don't even, like what, yeah. it's everything is so, right? Identi- like if you identify as masculine, get on this side. Right. If you identify as feminine, right. get on this side. Right. <laughs> Which is cute. Yeah. The, the, the fact that like it kind of invites, like I think the whole point, right, is like an invitation. Um, yeah. Not yeah, and, like and a the divisive. thing about the dance, yeah, no, it's, it's in, listen, the, our dance is notoriously like anything goes, anyone can go. And if you if you're supposed to be there, you're supposed to be there, and it has nothing to do with like predilection, gender, or whatever. It's like you yeah. show up and look amazing, yeah. and and if you're part of that, like people that are involved in all this, in you know, it's it's, it's basically like new. It's like the true idea. It's like the the only the closest thing I've had to a New Year's Eve in L.A. that made sense, right? Because mm-hmm. it, because if you think about New Year's Eve in L.A., you have thousands of people going to hundreds of different parties and no one really settling on anything, just driving around trying to figure it out. Well, with this party, it's like there's one party around this time. And this is like the real new year's Eve because it's like the most fabulous. You have to, you have to be dressed up to get in. You got to wear a suit or whatever. And you can't just like, not anyone can get in. And this is it. This is like, the, and when you go every year consistently, it's been like this magical insane event where like, you're just kind of like, my jaw is just dropping it all the people and all the things that are happening, you know? So, you know, I rarely get FOMO and like, I have Sadie Hawkins FOMO. I've never been. And I'm just like, damn, everybody looks so fucking good. <laughs> like, I mean, it's happening yeah. this year. If you want to pull up, Hey, you know, I don't know. If, yeah. I don't know if you guys are going Lily, but um, it's, sure, it's, hap- yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be big this year. This one's going to be like post COVID Sadie whole, Hawkins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and also the way we're doing it, we're doing it in a way we've never done it before. Um, there's some there's some crazy stuff happening this year so it's going to be an event amazing so 
speaking about gender, sexuality, a spectrum. Um, uh, uh, now about sex. Um, yeah. What, uh, can you tell us about the like classic sober sex question or, or graceless pivot? Um, can yeah. you tell us about some of the earliest messages that you received about sex and sexuality growing up? Yeah, I, I think that my, in my house, um, I mean, my dad, my dad, I guess my dad's kind of a freak. And like, there was no, like, he never hid anything. My dad would, would just be like, if I, if I really back it up, my parents divorced and my dad had girlfriends, right? So one of my earliest things I remember was he used to have all these different girlfriends come around. And uh, he had this one girlfriend. And I remember one night, oh, one thing, one day we went hiking. There's a lot of things that imprinted on me. One day we went hiking with my dad and my dad's girlfriend was hiking topless. And I'm like a little kid. And like, you know, they're all kind of like ex-hippies. And I just remember being a little kid and being like, not old enough to be titillated, but old enough to kind of be like, you know, like take, take sense of it. And then take, be aware of it, you know? And then like another time, I remember my dad had a girlfriend and like, I made her tuck me in probably like 15 times. <laughs> I kept remember tuck me in. I'd undo the covers and have her come back in and tuck me in, you know, and like kiss me and goodnight. And like, my dad was like, finally like, okay, that's enough. You know, that's what I was taking up the time. And, um, and then later on, you know, as it became older, like my dad, you know, my dad was like, was very upfront with like sex and drugs, all these things that were in his life. He just, it was all, it was all on front street for us to see. So like my dad would walk around the house naked uh, I would always go into my dad's um, like porn drawers and like find he had these like Swedish erotica magazines and I would read the Swedish erotica, which is like really hardcore, really beautifully shot porn with like insane, these like insane scenes, like really like really crazy editorial porn. I don't know if you guys will know what Swedish erotica is, but no, we're Googling um, now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like really highly produced edit. Like I remember this one whole thing with this woman and her chauffeur and like, you know, he's like fucking her in the ass. And it was like, so like detailed. And I remember seeing this as a kid and just being like, what the, f you know, like it was just so crazy. Um, and, and my dad, you know, so I had access to all this stuff. Oh, wow. And I think I was, this is um, like prime seventies porn, <laughs> prime seventies porn. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, you know, so I think I had definitely a, a robust kind of like concept of like sexuality there's also a thing too i read when i was a kid in playboy you know like i was really young obviously i'm reading articles in playboy and i read this <laughs> thing about bruce willis this is when bruce willis was on moonlighting when he was like a young star and they they asked bruce willis about jerking off and they're like they asked him about masturbating and they go you know what what did you i don't know what the question was but he goes yeah i took the mat i took to masturbating like a fish to water and I remember reading this and being like, Bruce Willis jerks off, like, as a kid. <laughs> He's talking and about it? Like, yeah, like, what? Like, cause I, I didn't have any concept to, like, you know, everyone is, everyone has some sort of sexual life. And, um, you know, and then, like, yeah, and then that, but then I, I think that within all of that, it wasn't like I had some clear path towards sexuality. Um, you know, I think that, like, it was always, like, stumbling kind of, you know, especially for, I mean, I think for most kids, you know, it was kind of like, I mean, I, I obviously was very titillated and started jerking off. And I was like, you know, I remember when that happened too, I was like, I remember the first time it happened and I was like, oh, fuck. 
I'm going to do this, like, you know, like total <laughs> fucking addiction style. Like, this is my new shit. I'm doing this whenever I can. And I remember, like, when it, I remember the first time I did it and, and I, I came and I remember, like, wanting to go run out and, like, tell like, the whole family's in the living room watching TV and I'm jerking off in my room. And I remember, like, it finally worked because I read about it. I read about, like, what jerking off was. So I just kind of, like, was, like, following what I read, you know, because I had read these books on sex as a kid and, like, I was like, I guess I'll just do this. And one day it worked. And I was like, I remember just being like, oh, fuck. Uh, who do I tell about this? I did it. This is amazing. Yeah, I just, like, I wanted to run outside and tell, you know, everyone in the living room. But I knew that wasn't appropriate. So, um, so yeah, it was like, you know, um, it was pretty open, pretty wild, I think. You know, my, like, my, uh, my upbringing was, like, not uh, conservative at all. So, no, that's yeah, dope. I mean, it actually sounds really wholesome. Like, it sounds like there's not a lot of shame that you kind of got imprinted with, yeah. which is like, you know, it, it's been interesting asking this question to like a spectrum of people. And like, this is actually yeah. one of the, the most lovely, like, early sexual messages, uh, answers we've ever gotten. I mean, I think that there are better. I think that I think it was on the edge of not being the best way. Like, I think that there's probably other ways like, I, you know, you meet people who are pretty uninhibited sexually in a really positive way. And I don't know that I've always been, I don't know that, I think there could have been a better, a better construct for me, like to feel better about it. I don't, I, like, I think it was, it was all on the front, but mm -hmm. I don't think it was ever like, you know, like I think by the time my dad was like, I think we should talk about the birds and the bees. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what is that? I've been knowing about that. Yeah, I'm like, I've been in your shit, man. I know what's going on. Like, you, you dress up like a chauffeur and you find a rich blonde lady and you and you put her on top of the Mercedes limo. And you're, you're Swedish. Yeah, that's sex. Yeah, you're Swedish. Yeah. So, well, you know. Not to sound too much like a, this kind of therapy talk, but in a way it does sound like what you were saying, like there was a lot of sex introduced, but not maybe like the full dimension of like what an intimate experience might look like. I don't know. Maybe I'm just taking that. From what I yeah what I heard. Uh, yeah there's a lot of sex but there was no intimacy at all right yeah so the sex was there but my relationship with sex is is not like yeah I don't think it's it's been based in intimacy for a very long time you know I think it's been yeah. like it's been the opposite for a huge part of my life to be honest you know yeah um, so yeah I mean I think that like yes it's it seems like it's wholesome but there's also like there's a lot of other components that make it so maybe wholesome is not the word like mm. i think it i think it i think it gives me the freedom to to be open like sexually so i had i think i've like moved through a lot of things faster than maybe other people have but it doesn't necessarily mean that it was wholesome you know well maybe a little a little more one-dimensional as a kid yeah know? yeah yeah, and maybe, yeah, like, being exposed to, like, dad's girlfriend's tits at age eight was, like, not the best. <laughs> but it does seem like you 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 kind of came away from it feeling good about it, which I think is, like, an important factor. Like, that there wasn't kind of, like, you didn't internalize shame around that or, like, you know? Like, and maybe you did. Yeah, maybe no. Didn't, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't How did it kind of unfold from there? Like, how did it, you were saying, how did it kind of unfold from there? Like, as you, you know, became an adult and all of that, you were saying it wasn't, you were kind of speaking to that. Well, be, okay. Here's, this is a good thing. Like I, 
I grew up in such also like I grew up in a very chaotic house household slash households. I grew up in like you know, I, I had my mom on one side, my dad on the other side. It was very chaotic, very crazy. So yes, I was really interested in sex and I wanted to have sex and like super obsessed with sex, but I was not obsessed with like being intimate or even had any concept of like that being you know, a thing. The first <laughs> Yeah, like, and I think the first person I had sex with, I immediately just like turned off as soon as like we had sex. Like the person that I lost my virginity to, right? Like I, I immediately was like, oh yeah, okay, you know, I'm out of here, you know. And that was a pattern for me for a long time. So, and uh, yeah, I mean, so like, you know, I, cause I, was, I kind of like briefly went through the questions and I was like, sex and yeah, sure, we can talk about sex. I mean, you want to talk about intimacy, it's like, uh, you know, if I'm being honest, it's, it's not been intimacy has been a problem for me for a long time. And, you know, um, those two things, sex and intimacy can be linked and they cannot be linked. And when they're not linked up, sex is just kind of like turns into something that you're doing for sport or something that you're doing to feel better or something you're doing to escape or something you're doing to exert, you know, uh, power or make yourself feel better. You know what I mean? Like it turns like has different meaning, shit. I guess. More what? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, so speaking of which, like, how did you eventually get sober? Um, I got sober. Uh, I just knew that I was not gonna it, I just knew that things got too dangerous and too crazy so I started abstaining from things just again I have that like that kind of like mentality of like holding on like I'm very tenacious so I would just kind of say like well once I got to a certain level in my in my you know abuse of of substances and it got dangerous I started getting arrested and having seizures and shit like that I was like okay well this isn't going to work for me. I do want to, I do want to, I do have things I want to do in my life and this isn't it. So I would just start abstaining. Um, you know, like, be, but I, of course I had to get arrested. I had all these things had to happen before that happened. Right. It has to get really bad before you kind of take accountability. So I just started taking accountability on a personal level because a, I didn't believe that anyone, I didn't believe in that anyone would or could or should help me. So I just started doing it on my own and B I was too terrified to like ask for help. So mm -hmm. I would just like abstain and I started experimenting with sobriety in the same way I experimented with drugs. I go, well, what if I just only smoke weed? Well, that didn't work. What if I just, you know, you know, all the shit that we do. We're like, oh, what if I just do this on Wednesdays or what if I, what if on Sunday or yeah. what if I only buy this much Coke or what if I, you know, I did all that shit and eventually all my experimentation led to the thing, led to the reality that I can't do anything without doing, mm -hmm. like if I do A, I'm going to do B and C, right? So if I drink, I'm going to end up in the hood popping drugs. So yeah. like I, I just knew that I couldn't even drink anymore. So that's how I came to that conclusion that I couldn't drink. And so I started being abstinent from substances and at a young age in my, in my early twenties when I started, I believe, uh, fucking around with sobriety. Okay. You know, so you like it, it happened fast. <laughs> you were like, yeah, yeah this is not going yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Cause if I do the math, I think I, my first, yep. My first long stint with sobriety was at like around 28 and I did 12 years. I was sober for 12 years before then 
I would fuck around and do three months, nine months, a year. Then I did three years. So like I started pretty quickly, like trying to get sober and like trying to wrangle myself Mm. because I was such a mess. And, and I was so, I had so many ideas and so many things that I wanted to do. And I couldn't even figure out how to do them. Right. I could not get anything done, no matter like what dream I had, I could not do it. And I was dying to do things, but all I could do was like fuck around and get high. And, you know, the only thing I did effectively for a long time was like write graffiti, you know, like that was the only thing I could do that like I actually, where I actually could do something. Anything else I did was like, I had a job, you know, I worked for other people or like any, but anything for myself, I couldn't figure out how to do, you know? So part of that process too was like, I got to get sober so I can like, you know, that was another reason. Like, I got to get sober, A, so I can live, so I don't fucking die or end up in jail, or B, so I can, like, do things, because I want to yeah, do yeah. stuff, you know? For sure. And I didn't know that I could, the other thing is I didn't have any faith in myself that I could do anything. So there really was no proof of concept, right? There's no proof <laughs> that if I got sober and got my shit together, that anything would happen for me. And, you know, there's no proof that I could do anything, but I just wanted to really badly, and I just kind of, like, you know, I remember early on having this kind of epiphany where I'm like, fuck, I'm going to die, one day, like now I'm not going to die quickly. I'm going to die one day, you know, once I was sober. And I was like, and if, if let's say I'm have this moment on my deathbed and let's say I get to have that, that luxury of like contemplating my life on my deathbed, I'm going to regret never having tried a bunch of shit, mm-hmm. never having done stuff, whether or not I did it or, or not. So then how did you kind of pivot from like, doing it yourself and kind of just being abstinent to like being quote unquote in recovery. Uh, I, you know, I, the, 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 um, I snapped, I, I, I was 12 years like dry in and out of the program. And, um, eventually it just, it just cracked under the pressure. And, um, there's a lot of things like life happened. Uh, I had started, a bit, I started born and raised with my partner. My partner got cancer. Um, I'm doing the company. I'm kind of like carrying the company on my back. I'm falling into debt behind, behind keeping the company alive. In the infancy of born and raised, sponsors in the hospital. I got one employee and I didn't know how to handle the pressure. And, and I eventually started smoking weed and I went to a full relapse and a full tailspin. And when I came out of that, I was so desperate for help that I, like, for the first time ever, I asked for help. And for the first time ever, I listened to these guys who have been telling me what to do for 20 years. I finally <laughs> listened to them. And they're like, okay, we'll do this. I said, yes, yes. I said yes for the first time. And that changed my entire life. Doing that changed everything about my life. Um, and I've heard people have this experience. I've heard about people having this experience for a long time. And, you know, I spent 12 years in AA just hearing hearing people talk and just hearing mom, 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 like, None of it gave, like some small things got through. Like one time a guy said he wishes safe would fall on his head. And I identify with that because that's how I felt. You know, I was hearing the wrong shit, you know. And so, yeah, I came in. I was desperate. <laughs> Sorry, that being the sole point of identification is amazing. You're like, oh, my yeah, God. That, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a part of this. Yeah, I feel that way. You know. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I just got broken. You know, I got so broken that I just did the shit. And I was willing to do anything to get free from like, you know, where, what I was trapped in. And I did all the stuff that I was asked to do. 
And then I got to get perspective on myself. And because I did all that stuff, everything in my life opened up. Like I did things that I would have never done before. Um, you know, like Lily, you talk about going to CrossFit and you're like, that's cringy. Well, it's not like, because do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like yeah. it doesn't like you realize that when you get through stuff, you're like, Oh, cause I would look at things like I'm not qualified to do that. Mm. I'm not going to do jujitsu cause I don't want to like wear a uh, gi and like hug people for an hour. I don't want to like, I'd find all these <laughs> reasons not to do things. And then I go and do them. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever done. Right. Like, you know, you look at someone doing CrossFit, you're like, oh, that fool's a douchebag. But then you do it and you're like, this fucking, this is great. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, exactly. You know, and like, right. And then you stop caring. You know, I, I truly, I think, uh, got to a point where I really stopped caring about what, what people think and, you know, started doing things. Like even, I think even doing the podcast was probably a direct result of, of not giving a shit anymore, you know, cause I definitely yeah. never wanted to be on YouTube or like to be a, a personality of, I'm not like a personality, but I'm saying like, I never wanted to be on front street with that kind of shit. Like mm -hmm. for what, whatever it is, I'm like on a, on a weekly basis, like talking to people. I didn't, I had no plans on doing that, but I became open to doing it because of, you know, having a, a new perspective and, and uh, you know, what, what is the thing? Um, what is the thing you say about when you, you make up your mind about something before you know um, what Herbert it is. Herbert Spencer. <laughs> what is it? Oh, yeah. Contempt prior, prior to investigation. investigation. Contempt yeah. prior to investigation. I was the king of that. So oh, true. fuck that. Oh, fuck. That shit's lame. I'm not doing that. That fool's fucking lame. Fuck that guy. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Fuck him. Like, that was my life, you know? Yeah. And um, and then I got some, like, clarity and peace. And I was like, oh, maybe that's not the answer. And, you know, and that's actually not really how I feel. It's more like, I'm scared mm -hmm. of that. I'm scared of this. I'm scared of this. I'm scared of that. And that's how, like, well, a lot of us are of operating. Scared of what people will think. Yeah. Yeah, scared of what people think. Scared I won't be able to do it right. Scared I won't be yeah. good at it. And then you realize, A, you might be really good at it. B, it doesn't matter if you're not good at it. And C, yeah. fuck them. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, C, fuck everybody. You know, like, and, 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 you know, you just, it's like you, the thing that we get in this thing that we do, we're very, very lucky because if you do it, you might be able to have the freedom to be, who you are. And I know that sounds like yeah. the worst EDM song you've ever heard, but <laughs> I'm sorry. It's fucking true. Right. It's only like, the it's, truth. It's true. Yeah. Like it's, it's true. It's like so you might true. actually get to be, you know, like I'm still figuring it out and I'm still just like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not just a product of, of, of in my environment or who I used to hang out with. I'm also this whole other person that's like completely something else and not, you know, yeah. like, like I used to, I used to be like when I was a kid, I was, when I was a little, little kid, I was like a voracious reader and my, you know, like my mom and my brother are both, um, academics, you know? So like there's a whole side of my family that's like very much, you know, uh, that, that whole, the, the whole kind of, that whole part of your mind is, is nurtured. And, but then kind of growing up in Venice, it was like, I didn't didn't want that to that was not applauded being a mm. fucking nerd that's not what you wanted books, to advertise right having a having a vocabulary understanding things like that wasn't that wasn't the business like it was like yeah. you just we had a different grading system so like i kind of adopted to that and did a bunch of stuff that like is also a part of me like that was like i didn't i wasn't like a spec i wasn't like a fucking uh uh, uh you know i wasn't a um 
what do you call someone when they visit another place? I'm I'm like I'm tap I'm um the coffee's fading. A, the coffee's fading, yeah. A culture you know, tourist? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wasn't a tourist. I wasn't a tourist. Yeah. It was just like I was in it, you know, like I was I'm still yeah. in it. Like I'm still a part of all that's still a part of me, but I also truly don't care what anyone thinks at this point. Like I don't care what you I know. love that. Um like I, I'm just like this is this is how I think and fuck it, you know. It's weird. I, Anton and I just call that having like being like having some punk rock to them. You know what I mean? And I'm always like, I wish I was as punk rock as you were. You're just like, I do not give a fuck. And it's, it's crazy because it's easy to sort of dress up in security as I don't give a fuck, but can't you tell the difference when someone really doesn't give a fuck and when someone's acting like playing it up, like they don't give a fuck. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but like there's people that just have that genuine. And I really feel like you're one of them. There's a couple other people where I look at them and I'm like, they are them and they do not give a fuck. And I, I want a little bit more of that, but some of it comes with age too. I think, you know, it's some age. Of it just comes it's with age. being tired of fucking not being yeah. who you are and being true to that. It's age. But, and it's also like, I'm like, I'd, I'd say I'm 80%. I don't give a fuck. Cause there's still things where I'm like, you know, I'm still like, I'm still hyper-focused on things like trying to be in like a better shape. And like, if I truly didn't give a fuck, I wouldn't give a fuck, right? I'd just be like, <laughs> fuck you. I'm like, you know, but like, I do care. And I'm like, I, you know, yeah, and I'm like, course. within reason. You know, like, there's well, certain things. I think things some of that like, is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it yeah. becomes like weird, like oppositional defiant disorder, like hyper antisocial right. behavior. Well, and right, just like right. a glutton in every area of life, just like free for all. But well, so uh, how has, uh, just another question, how has sobriety transformed your relationship, sexual or otherwise? Yeah, I mean, it, it sobriety has completely transformed all of my relationships. I mean, sexually, I don't think it's it's adjusted. I mean, just the actual like carnal sex, it's always been at a certain level, but the intimacy and interactions with people is different, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that my relationships with everyone around me. have changed because it's not perfect. And I still get into my shit where I'm like, well, fuck, fuck this guy right now, you know? And like, but over the course of the past six years, I've softened so much and become way less defiant. I still get caught up all the time. I still get caught up in like conversations in my head with people and I'm, and I'm doing both sides of the conversation. And by the end of it, I'm like, like, I just got, I just got a massage the other day and like the first hour of the massage was me arguing with someone in my head. <laughs> and the second hour was me was like me letting it go, you know, like that's how pent up I was. And, um, and like, you know, but, but my relationships with my parents are better. Um, I've learned to, I've learned to like back off, let go of shit, forgive, you know, cause I used to carry around this idea of like anyone that injured me was fucking on my fatwa. Like anyone that's hurt me in any way, yeah. I will fucking destroy you at some point. And I will crush you and like, and I'm going to get you, you know, that I had this idea in my head, you know, and like, you know, like, you know, rue the day that you ever fucking cross me because I will fucking break your legs. And that was right. kind of like how I thought about, you know, or a big, or I, one day I will get revenge, you know, all this crazy shit. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't do you any good holding on to like, you know, someone fucked you over 20 years ago and like, you know, maybe really hurt you. Uh, and then you, you spend the, la the next 20 years thinking about how you're going to get them back. doesn't do you anything. Because even if you, because even the fucked up part about it is that nine times out of ten, 
the person that did something to you thought they were doing the right thing. And they don't even know what the fucking wrong. And they're carrying around their fucking bag of shit, which is innumerably bigger than your bag of shit. It's like, I'm going to drop my bag of shit, right? Like, I don't, I just, and again, it's not perfect, but I've moved through a lot of stuff and come around the corner. Like, you know, my relationship with my mom for a long time was strained because we had, you know, we had a tough, same with my father. And I've come around with both of them, been like, these are my parents. They love me. And they did the best they could at that time. And I got to now do the best I can at this time because they're not going to be here forever. Mm -hmm. And I also have to like, and in letting go of things, you get to move past it. Like holding on to shit doesn't, it doesn't, you know, like, again, I have that tenacity, but certain things you got to let go. You know, I'm learning, right? You got to let go of certain things because it doesn't, it, 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 it's ultimately selfish reasons too. Like this is all selfish shit. Like this is so I can have a better life. So I can feel yeah. better. Like I'm not, I'm not doing this to save the planet. I just don't want to be tortured. Yeah. Well, right? and so you're like, like, I'm a busy man. <laughs> like how right. many hours do you yeah, have to spend up, on this shit? That takes yeah. up your headspace. And I had a similar experience with my parents where it's like, when you're a kid, your parents are larger than life. They're not human. They're some sort of other entity that takes care of you. And I had an experience a few years ago where I was became aware of one of my mom's pretty savage flaws. And I was like, holy shit, you're a human being. And it was something that she'd kind of done that was upsetting to me. And yet I was like, whoa, you're a human being. And like seeing your parents as just human beings that were doing what they were doing. That yeah. is like such a huge transformation. It's kind of what you're talking about. But yeah. yeah. And truly, truly seeing that and truly understanding that like, you know, and the grand scale of things, people have had much harder and much easier lives. And and I've seen people forgive people for things much worse than, than what I'm forgiving people for. for and, sure. you know, and those people that hurt, you know, that, that old kind of, you know, thing of like hurt people hurt people, right? Like mm-hmm. Those people are hurt, you know, like those, no one, no one, no one wakes up one day. Maybe some people do. Maybe some people wake up one day and be like, I'm going to fuck shit up for this person. But I don't think that that, I think people are kind of stuck in these, um, you know, they're stuck in these patterns and they're yeah, stuck and they in these they don't have the tools, you know, they don't have, they don't the, have tools. the tools. Yeah. 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 And it does feel good to have like ways of moving through that. So it doesn't actually have to kind of like, cause I, it, like, I wish it was as easy as like making a decision to let it go, but like, that's what the steps no. are for kind of, you know, to have a protocol for like releasing shit that actually feels like it's real, you know? I mean, I had to go through half my life to, I hope half my life to get to a point recently to be able to have relationships that are not tinged with like my bullshit and to let go of things. It wasn't, you can never just say I'm let it go because that's bullshit. You're not letting it go. You have to like, there's a process. (laughs) I'm trying to get my notebook. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to journal the fuck out of you bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to digest it. (laughs) You know, you can't just like let it go. You're going to have to digest it. Yeah. So, sorry, where were we? Yeah. We were I was going to ask you how cuz I think a lot of times like or at least presently like women are being socialized to that, like think about how we feel in our bodies but like men don't really get asked that question. <laughs> um and so like has recovery changed how you feel in your body? And you you know you talked about like lifting and jiu-jitsu and like kind of having a new relationship with physical health. Like what's that feel like? What does that mean how I feel in my body? Like what what does that mean? Like, I mean, for How's a long relationship time with your body since getting sober, maybe. Yeah. I mean, what, and what also like, 
I don't know. For a long time, I like I was so fucking like disassociated, even in recovery, that like I couldn't feel like my feelings as they were happening in my body. And now <laughs> through like a lot of therapy and a lot of fucking like training and yoga and running and like I have a relationship that I can feel like my body is like a like a wise instrument and in that I don't have to like kind of beat it up all the time in order to be like worthy of love. <laughs> um so like that's an example (laughs) so yeah like how do you like how do you feel like your your lived physical existence is and that might be like a a a big question but no this is this is huge actually because i feel like my okay i feel like our relationships with our bodies as people because we talk about our body as I mean, this is in the language we talk about our body as if we're like some disembodied, yeah, like a me being too. that lives, <laughs> right? Like that we live in it or outside of it, or like our body. The problem is that it's all you know, it's all interconnected in ways we can not even understand. And when your body is sick and your body is not in tune and it's like wildly overweight or underweight, whatever that may be, it's gonna. I'm speaking for myself because I can't speak for the whole world. I'm going to say talk for myself. When my body's out of fucking whack, I don't, my brain doesn't work. I do not function well. When my body is starting to get in tuned and working like a machine and like operating, my brain works better. And when all these things like we're, you know, the brain, the brain is not in a separate capsule from the body. We're all, it's all one big computer. It's all one big thing from, from your neurons to your fucking toenails. Right. So it's like, I'd like to have it all functioning together in unison. And there are times when it does happen. Like when I'm fully committed to something such as wrestling, right? The only thing I'm thinking about at that point, at that time in these like eight minute, five minute, like sparring sessions is how do I use my body to, to, to like choke this person or stop them? Or how do I stop them from choking me? And that's all that's on the table. That's all that's happening for that amount of time is like, how do I survive this? And also, how do I not shut down and give up? Mm. And that's what I love so much about that because I'm in my body for that amount of time. The rest of the day, the rest of the fucking time on my planet, I am uh, often a disembodied, like non-connected person, entity, whatever. And, you know, like there, like I had this moment in the meeting too, where I was like, I'm, I'm at the, I'm on the, like, I feel like I'm. I'm in the neighborhood of understanding myself in a fully realized idea of who I am, but I'm nowhere near because I don't know. I don't, I, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand what the fuck I am at times. Right. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but like, I don't, even, I, I'm not even connected to myself a lot of the time because I'm always engaged in doing things. But when I stop and sit, especially on a day that I haven't worked out, I feel disconnected and I feel yeah. like, you know, if I could, there's a day I haven't worked out and I haven't talked to anyone and I haven't done any work and I haven't done there, whatever these things that I'm doing to stay in, involved, my net, my natural state is like a disconnected, disembodied, like spirit that's just kind of rattling around in this thing called my body. And it's not really connected to any of it. If I'm not using my body to do things and my relationship too with my body is like, I, you know, I fucking have, I have the capacity to you know, in sobriety this time, I, I, I went through this thing where I packed on like, I might have gained like 100 pounds. 
at some at one point. Like I was so I got so big that I there's a picture of me that I won't give you where I look like a cartoon villain. Like I, I, <laughs> I at Sadie Hawkins I took a portrait. I look like literally like the the WB DC comic cartoon <laughs> villain. Like I had like two I had sewn two fake Versace shirts together. I had I mean I was so big that it's mind boggling. And uh, and I made this decision when that happened because this has happened through my life. I've always fluctuated and I used to like, I used to gain 40 pounds and then like, okay, training mode. And I just would like really get off on this idea of like, I'm in training camp and I'm going to work the weight off and I'd always knock the weight off and I'd just be like this game I would play and I'd be overweight and I'd hate myself and I'd be in shape and I'd love myself. And like, that's not healthy. Right. So I know that, but, and I, and I'm never going to not feel that way. I'm sorry. Like newsflash. I'm never going to be like, I'm never going to be. Uh, I'm fat and beautiful ever. It's just not who I am. And, um, and when I'm overweight, I don't like myself. And so my answer to that is not to love myself being fat, but to get in shape. And, um, you know, I know that that's not the current party line for everyone, but you know, I don't give a fuck. And, uh, so like I, I, um, you know, I, I made this decision when I got that big, I was like, okay, my quality of life is fucked. Uh, I'm over, I'm overweight shopping. Buying clothes is a nightmare. Summertime sucks. Uh, everything is bad. Flying is horrible. My quality of life is fucking mm. garbage. Being this fat, and uh, you know the only way the only way you can enjoy being that big is if you're wildly rich and you can just you can mold the world around you. But I didn't have that. I didn't. I couldn't do that. Right. I can't. I can't charter jets and have all my suits custom made and all this bullshit. So, anyways, um, so I made this decision where I was like, I'm going to divert everything I have into getting into shape. I'm going to spend any amount of money I need to. Uh, everything goes out the door except for this one thing. I put it before everything. I put, I put like, I was like paying a personal trainer and it spent, it took me years to just like get on, get back on the right path. Like years of like grinding and grinding and grinding. And as a result of like, you know, I spent like a year lifting weights with this guy in a basement, maybe 18 months. As a result of doing that, and all the cumulative like working out I've done in my life, I became like probably the strongest I've ever been. So like I'm really strong now, and like physically I can feel like you know you want to talk about inhabiting your body, like you know being able to like bench press a person off you and like throw them. It's like that's real strength for me. <laughs> that's you know? nice. Um, yeah, like I'm I'm like that that makes me happy because I feel like I'm using I'm like I'm a big person and I feel like I'm using that size to my advantage, you know. Um, and um, yeah, so like. You know, I, 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 uh, and, and I've had a very frustrating time at this age trying to activate my metabolism to get the fucking pounds off. And, you know, as a result, I've, you know, becoming very strong has made me very dense. And I'm also very heavy because I have like insanely strong legs from. I just kept, I just I just told you guys how strong I was like eight times. I love it. We're both people that get that. Like we both savor being strong. Like both of yeah. us, we do think and I know that feeling that you're talking about of like being and also that feeling like you're talking about when you're doing your jujitsu, it's almost like a singleness of purpose where like you have to be fully in it with just like the one thing you're doing in that moment. And I get that feeling with working out. I, I get that also with scuba diving, which is my you know other thing I do. You, you have to be on the ball all the time. Like you have to be there and you don't get that little moment of grace in the rest of life. And so this idea of like getting that when you're doing these things to be strong and then feeling strong 
it's the best. It's like one of the major gifts of being sober for me. And I know Louisa too. Oh my God, we love it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that like, you know, especially like kind of dudes can be shamed for being like, I so strong, I so strong, I so strong. (laughs) But I think there's something that's like actually... Like, it sounds like you worked really fucking hard to get to a place where you can feel connected to that and proud of it. And that it's like, yeah. it is a fucking triumph. And that like, you know, I, I, so much of at least, you know, I, I, what we're learning from doing this show and I think from our own experience, like to be kind of mentally and physically sober and then to be able to kind of have a body that can function in relationship so I don't have to carry my weird fucking self-loathing and like that like, <laughs> like ghost roaming around my corpse <laughs> like vibe into my yes. like connections with other people like it's actually important to talk about because we don't talk about it you know outside of like maybe like fitness spaces you know so we want to yeah, kind yeah. of facilitate those conversations especially because again like I don't think necessarily men or maybe it's just the media I consume but I don't think dudes like necessarily get asked about their feelings that much yeah yeah I mean I think that um I think that like sorry one second uh, okay. Sorry. We're gonna do the lightning that, uh, round after, and that's like three minutes. Yeah, no, we can we can push it a little bit. It's okay. Um, I think that like there's two things that happen. One is you know now that I'm doing now that I have this thing that I'm training like jujitsu, now I have something beyond just getting in shape. Now I have a thing where like I want to be able to like my lay on my back <laughs> and bring my bring my knees up to my chin and put my knee on someone's shoulder and, and grab them right. In order to do that, I have to have a leaner stomach. Like there's just, it's just, it's physics, right? Now I'm like looking at things differently. It's like, I'm looking at like being able to like go longer and work harder and be stronger and like more flexible, you know? So like having something that you do that gives you a goal. Also, when you're doing things like, uh, when you're doing things like sparring or fighting, maybe scuba diving anything where you're interacting and you get to tune out your fight or flight gets turned on and your metabolism gets yeah. charged up because your body is like, we still have caveman bodies and like, we're still like hunter gatherer kind of like physiologically. And like, you're, you know, the, I read this whole book about like fight or flight and how your metabolism speeds up and you start chewing up more energy. But um, yeah, I mean in that, in that time too, like I just think about doing jujitsu is like, you know, for that five minutes, like I can't even hear anything. I don't hear the music. I don't hear people talking. Mm-hmm. It's just like me and my heart beating and breathing and trying to breathe through my nose and like trying to get this fucking guy off me, you know, or vice versa, or trying to get over on this person. Like, and then, and trying to look and looking at the clock and trying to get to that five minutes or even for 10 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but also by the same, at the same time, like I still have like a horrible relationship with my body. Like I don't love it. I want to be like, I, no matter how far I've gone, I'm like, I still am fat. I still want to be leaner. I know I'm never going to be fucking ripped unless I get on juice or something. Right. Which I'm probably not going to do most likely, but like, but I don't, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be shredded, but there is this like idea, like I'd like to be lean and compact and like, I want to be better than I am. And I feel like I'm like halfway to where I need to be. And I tell people that and they're like, you're crazy. And I'm like, I'm not crazy. I, I don't have body dysmorphia. I feel like I'm the one looking at myself, you know, like, you know, you, you know, I don't know if you guys are maybe not experiences, but like I took a, I went to a hot yoga class and like, I had this idea of what I look like because I feel so good. And then once in a while, it's like, I turn and see it myself in a mirror and I'm like, Oh my God, that's my fucking silhouette. That ain't, that's not how I feel. I feel way better than that. Look. That's not <laughs> oh, good. You know, like it's yes, just like yes. that day when my, my guts hanging out and I'm just like, fuck, I'm not there yet. You know, but, 
I'm never going to be there, there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that like, I definitely identify with like that kind of body dysphoria. Like it's not dysmorphia. It's that I like see what I see and I'm disappointed. And it's not that it's not reality. It's just, I, I feel disappointed, but you know, yeah, I'm people are like, your body dysmorphic. I'm like, I'm not dysmorphic. It's reality. Like <laughs> I'm disappointed I'm by reality. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I look, I look great for, for, for like what I used to look like, but I'm technically still fat. So I need to unfat myself some more, you know? <laughs> Thank you for your candid honesty. Yeah, you look, I mean, you look amazing, but I relate to that. People just being like, fuck, don't tell me that I'm working. (laughs) Um, So we are actually going to pivot once more into the lightning round and then we will let you go. Um, So what is the last great meal you ate? Oh, fuck. Um, I'm thinking I was in, I was in South Carolina for a wedding and we were at some place called Shea New, which is like in the shopping district. And I think it was French, but it was like um, oysters. And I mean, it was like this, this chef had this whole thing where she would, you know, one of those chefs that goes out shopping in the morning, that's the menu. Oh, the menu yeah. changes every day. And I'm not like a big, like, you know, I'm not super crazy about, I, I don't geek out over food like that, but shit this this meal was like so delicate and perfect like one of those things you know you have a salad where like everything's so perfect like holy fuck like did they hand massage each piece of lettuce and like radish um (laughs) shay knew i think it was called and like it was like oysters and we had pork chops and this crazy orange cake and this salad and it was like a beautiful summer day in charleston and that was the last insane meal i've had for sure that sounds fantastic awesome louisa you want to do this one because i think yeah, sure. What are, so what is one of your best investments in terms of time or m- money or energy or attention? Like off the top of your head, like mine was probably rehab <laughs> with my parents, money. Oh. Thank you, mom and dad. <laughs> I mean, one of, one of my best investments was spending the money to get in shape with a personal trainer because mm. I needed that at the time. I could have, I don't know if I could have done it without that kind of like, you know, spending that money. And I think always the best way I've ever spent money is on two things. One is on, on food, wholesome food, things that food that makes me feel good. And the only other way that I spend money, don't feel guilty is when I buy art, um, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not like I'm a huge art buyer, but when I, cause I always feel guilty when I buy things, but if I buy a piece of art, I know I never feel guilty about it. Mm. I always feel like I feel good about it. I get to look at it. I'm supporting something. Yeah, you're investing in the community. I think so, yeah. Crypto, crypto is a good investment if you can figure that shit out. (laughs) (laughs) I just I just put a tiny bit into Shiba Inu last night, so I don't know. (laughs) That's that thing's that thing's probably gonna go off too. They're all it's crazy. Who knows? Um what is something you were recently inspired by? (sighs) What was I inspired by? I mean, you know, this is stupid, but I'm constantly inspired by shit on Instagram, by people's images. Like I'm, I'm every day I'm like looking at, if I'm not, I'm, not, I'm spending most of my time laughing at memes, but when I'm looking at people's pages who are doing things, I'm always blown away by like the things that people are doing in film and design and clothes, all this stuff. Yeah. Right. But if I was to say one thing that I'm inspired by recently, um, I mean, I'm always, the new season of Succession, I don't know if this counts, oh. but. 
the writing and like that shit. Like I watched the first episode and I was like, these motherfuckers are so, I mean, I, I've never been They're so writing. captivated by a bunch of people just talking, right? Like just a bunch of people talking. Like it's so interesting. The characters are so great. I find that inspiring, but that doesn't directly relate to anything that I do. Um, and what else? I mean, I think it was inspiring for me to get out of town for a minute. And I had a bunch of new ideas when I came home. And I was like, oh, I'm, I feel refreshed. And I felt refreshed for about like half a day. And then I was like right back to work. And I'm like, fuck. But um, I do. You know what? I do. I have an answer for that. I went to I went to this place called Tila Lock Studio. I believe that's how you pronounce it. It's in South Central. It's these kids who like had this studio space and they did a show. And when I went there, I went there to do a podcast with this kid, Ricky, and they were taking the show down when they went there and the show was fucking amazing. Like it was just a bunch of young Hispanic kids and they, they own this, they, they kind of like have taken over this whole space off of 32nd street, 33rd street. And, um, and the art they had in the show was so good. I was blown. Cause usually when people put together group shows and it's a bunch of kids, it's like, meh. You know, it's like, it's okay. And, but this, this art was like amazing. I was blown away and I was blown away that these kids did this on their own with no outside help. And, um, that was the last time I was actually inspired by something that pertained to like my world. And I went and visited, I went in all their studios and every studio was like each little studio space was just like this crazy microcosm world that they created. And they were like, they had photo studios and printing presses. And then one guy's in here painting patterns. I mean, Shout out to those dudes. That shit was, that was inspiring. Like a motherfucker. Awesome. That was really inspiring. That sounds fucking sick. Um, awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, what turns you on? And that can be in any context. Um, what turns me on? Fuck. That is like, I mean, what context should I talk about? I mean, it can be like uh, creatively or sexually or like, what is basically like what makes you fucking love life and want more definitely when i see a film that blows my mind um that that's huge or even on, on you know even when i watch something on tv that i really like kind of blown away by that um art uh you know sometimes i, I stumble across an artist and i'm just like fuck like I can like, I feel like I'm speaking, I'm, I'm somewhere in their dialect. Like they're speaking my language or I'm speaking their language. Um, I mean, turned on, like I'm constantly being titillated by shit. I mean, there's like, there's, you know, what turns me on? I mean, there's two factions of what turns you on. There's like, the, there's like what turns me on in my relationship, which is like what it turns on with my girlfriend and, and things about her that turn me on. And there's the things that turn me on outside my relationship that I see in the outside world. And, and like, you know, things that turn me on about my relationship and, and people in general is like, you know, people that what turns me on about a person is someone that has access to their body and can experience things in a real way. Mm. Um, and it's like completely there and like not not putting on a show and pretending to do something that that's not happening. Right. That turns like honesty in sexuality is what turns me on. Um and you know someone that's experiencing pleasure uh, in a real, in, a, in, a, in an honest way that I'm a part of that turns me on, ultimately, right? And outside of that, I'm just turned on by fucking everything. Like you know, I'm just constantly like, I think like I have a voyeur kind of mentality. Like not not in the fact, not in the sense that I don't want to be involved, but just like I'm constantly looking. You know, Sorry. like I talk to me and my girlfriend talk about all the time. Like I'm a fucking pervert, <laughs> and you know, I'm like. 
And like, that's just kind of like part of, you know, like just, I don't know. I just like looking at people and like thinking about imagining things. I mean, that's basically your <laughs> <I> job, <laughs> like to be fair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tr- well, true. Yeah. yeah. I'm on all levels. Right. Like, yeah. When, but when I'm, as soon as I'm working with someone, like, like I, that, all that goes out the window and I'm just kind of figuring out how to like magnify what it is I want to show about them. But on the outside, it's like, you know, I'm titillated by just even, even just looking at Instagram and what everyone's up to. It's like, there's just like so much stuff in your face that you see. And sometimes my explore page will end up getting so cluttered and dirty. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I, <laughs> why is there, you know, like it's, why are all these women in my explore page? How did this happen? You know? Cause I must've just been like looking, like I like looking, you know, and I think that that's okay. And, uh, and I also like know that looking, looking is one thing and enjoying it on, from, from far away is probably even better than enjoying it in person. You know, hmm. like a lot of times it's like kind of disappointing when you get there. That's kind so of a very mature like, stance though. I have to say it's like, so true. <laughs> I appreciate right? like yeah. that. That's why yeah, the idea, the idea of people is, is much more exciting than the reality of people. You know? Oh yes. Generally until you find so a really true. special person or people's <laughs> you're like, Oh, so you find a special person. Yeah. Then you're like, Oh, cool. Well, so last question, where can we find you on the world wide web? Uh, I am at Alex Tutone, A-L-E-X, number two, T-O-N-E. That's my account. Um, my uh, podcast is at Powerful Tooth Angels. Um, Powerful Tooth Angels, spelled phonetically. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, um, and then Born and Raised is my partner's account, but as I'm part of that company at BornXRays.com. BornXRays official. Uh, if you want to look at my film work and go to resetcontent.com. And then I am going to, I used to have a, a website that I would advertise. I had an old moniker called what you steal, um, where I it was like, where I put my films and stuff, but I'm, I'm merging from what you steal into another entity. So I've changed my personal Instagram to Alex Tutone to just be that. And then I'm building another idea for like to house my work. That's personal. My film work, drawings, photographs, and I'm trying to like, it's one of my projects that I would like to finish this, this next year, hopefully. So very we will keep our eyes peeled for it. Thank you so much for like such a fantastic conversation. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. And that was not, I I got scared reading the show. I was like, what are we going to talk about? Like, (laughs) are we going to ask me if I like a finger up my ass? Like, are we going to talk about like, what's going to happen? None of those questions came up. Only if you want. I got lucky. (laughs) 